When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 and our preview of England's upcoming tour of India. Remember, you can hear every ball of the four tests, the five T20 internationals and the three ODIs live and exclusive here on TalkSport 2. Over the next hour, we'll cover every talking point, or most of them anyway, ahead of the series. Should England have played their strongest squad? Should Joss Butler go home after the first test? And what Indian side can we expect to see after their heroics in Australia just a few weeks ago? There's so much to get into, and I couldn't do it alone, of course. Joining me today is the former England fast bowler Steve Harmison for the next hour, whilst we also hear from a man who was part of the squad the last time England were in India. Of course, that's Darren Gareth Batty. Darren Goff drops by to discuss Joe Root ahead of his 100th cap, and we'll head to Mumbai to speak with the former Indian batsman Akash Chopra in the final quarter. So, much to get into. You're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. Well, homie, let's uh, get straight into it. Um, There is a a heck of a lot to discuss, and the biggest talking point, I think the most common talking point at the moment, is uh, rotation, the rotation policy, and England not picking their best players, um, subcontinental players. But I just wanted to kick off with a, a... bigger, wider-ranging point, and that is what I've experienced is the optimism that uh, that England can actually go to India and win this series. And, I, and I'm all for optimism. I'm a big fan of that, and I hope it is a classic series. But, um, gosh, it's England, this Indian team is not just impressive, but their record is intimidating. They've only lost one of their last 35 test matches at home. Uh, never mind series. They've won their last 12 series at home. They've only lost one out of their last 35 test matches. So before we talk about rotating Johnny Burstow and Joss Butler and Sam Curran and the like, are we are we right to be optimistic that England can go and pull this off? Yeah, Manners, yeah, good afternoon. And, I, and I, Manners, I just look at this this whole you know, scenario of, of resting and rotating and and it doesn't sit, to be fair, it doesn't sit very well with me. But that's 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 another story again. I look at I look at the way England have performed over the recent recent past, and this there's been some inconsistencies in their performance. And I think a lot of that is down to not having not having con- continue, uh, continuity of, of of selection. And I think when you talk about optimism going to India, I think even the best England eleven going to India fully firing would need an element of luck and an element of good fortune to come back with a series victory, let alone three players missing the first test, Josh Butler missing the last three, um, and everything that goes with that. These are a formidable unit when they're at home. I think the last time England, I think the last time anybody beat India in India was was Cook's 2012-2013 side when Peterson got 
two hundreds. Cook got a, a good hundred in Mumbai. Bell got a hundred in the fourth Test match. Joe, tell you how long that is. Joe Root plays his hundreds Test match in uh, Chennai in the first Test match, and he made his debut on on in that in that series in the fourth Test match. So that's how long ago India have been beaten. Last time they were beaten in a series in a Test match over there. So I think optimism. I don't think England not stand a chance because you can never say that in a two-horse race. But I think Joe would have to win all four tosses, and I think you know, the the DRS system would have to work for them like it did in Sri Lanka for them to stand any chance of winning. So you look at the Indian side that is just. One in one in Australia. They've got a, a bigger now. They've got a bigger pool of of players to to choose from. Um, but I, I don't see India really making any any rotation decisions unless their bowlers get injured. Their top six are very very formidable. Their top six will score runs in India. And if England's top three don't get runs in in England, this could be a long old six weeks in the subcontinent for Joe Root and uh, the England cricket team. Yeah, I agree. Um, and you're you just looking at the Indian squad, the 18 players they've named for the first two test matches. And my goodness me, they, they might be missing Ravindra Jadeja, but uh, they, I mean, and they're missing a few others as well. Um, Mohammad Shami's still not back, but uh, they've got strength in depth and replacements for absolutely everybody. You mentioned the 2012-2013, that was the last time India lost a series. And you mentioned, it's funny, you mentioned the hundreds um, and the runs and the, the great 186 that KP scored in Mumbai. But uh, what people tend to forget, and we'll save this segment to speak in more detail when, when Bats joins us a little bit later on, but people tend to forget uh, just how good Monty Panesar and mm. Graham Swan were. I mean, you know, KP scored 186 and um, the, the, the captain um, scored mountains and mountains and mountains of runs, um, Sir Alistair Cook. But, uh, you know, in that Mumbai test match, um, Panesar and Swan took 19 of the 20 wickets. But let's get, before we, as I said, we'll talk about that with Bats a little bit later on. Um, let's remind ourselves and our listeners what uh, the... Chiefs, the head of selectors, Ed Smith, said about uh, the rest and rotation policy and the fact that he's implementing it ahead of time, as it were. He's not waiting for people to need a rest. He's imposing a rest on them. So let's hear from Ed Smith. We are being pragmatic. The pragmatism being that if you keep people in a bubble unchanged for three months, January, February, March, and expect them to play every game in every format, they will not be able to perform at their best and England will be damaged as a result. So it is absolutely a pragmatic point that we wish to give people breaks as we've discussed with the players and we've had their you know, understanding and they also see that it's for the players' benefit as well as for England's benefit. And it's pragmatism, which really is the foundation of our whole policy, Nick. So is it... OK, it's, it's, it's pragmatic. <laughs> is it disrespectful? Um, no, I don't think it's disrespectful. I think when you, you know, we on Talksport, we've we're basically a, a football and a heavily populated football station, and talk about football. You know, you see players, teams. You know, pick different managers, pick different teams week week upon week. You know, teams will make four or five changes now. But that's the norm in the footballing world. I just think, yeah, you know, when you say disrespectful, you've got to pick the right team, the best team you possibly can for the next situation and feel as though you're going to win a test match. I don't think that happens. It's as easy to do that in cricket. And when I look at, when I listen to, to Ed Smith, I sometimes get the feel. Well, I do. I, I don't sometimes get the feel. I get the feel that Ed Smith sometimes tr tries to be too smart for his own good. And this could come back and bite him. And I will say this and go on record right now and say England potentially could lose in India against New Zealand at home, against India at home and against Australia away in the whole thing will come on top of Joe Root because he is captain. He is the front man. All the carry on with KP and Alistair in, in the ECB fell on Alistair Cook's door because you know yourself, Manners, you know, the, the front man for the ECB at the time is the captain because he's the one that speaks to the press the most. Now, if England do do that, and I hope they don't, but if they do go and lose in them series, then for me, it's the fault of the selection panel. Because if you're going to start sending players home and not giving the captaincy, captain the best chance to have you know, the best team out there to win a test match you know, for the next test match and for the next test match, then all of a sudden you're just asking for trouble. Winning is a habit. 
Yeah, continuity of selection and yeah, batting partners, bowling partners. We all cliches you hear batting, batting and partnerships. Well, how can you bat in partnership if Stokes and Butler go and put on 150 in the first test and England do brilliantly? Well, it, times are hard in the second test match. Stokes is waiting for Butler to come out. Well, where is he? Oh, he's back in he's back in London with his feet up. Yeah, these things you you have to get a winning mentality and a winning habit and. That you don't get when you when you when you're rotating people, and when I when I the the way I look at it is there's two big series, two big competitions for me between now and you know the start of next you know, start of 2022, and that is a T20 World Cup in the Ashes, and England should be preparing for the Ashes. The T20 World Cup, we've seen what happens in franchise cricket, where the coaching staff's already there, they put plans in place, and the players drop in. Now internationally you can do that so for me it just seems as though we're prioritizing more white ball than we are red ball we're not giving the red ball captain joe root what he wants which would be for me over the course of the next 14 or 13 test matches his best team as many chances he possibly can to get ready for brisbane in that first test match his best team, his strongest team joe root might not get it until brisbane and if he does that then I, I can only see the, the, the sort of the, the dark clouds ahead over the, the, the test England, England test team. So Root, Butler and Bairstow are probably England's three best players of spin. Um, Bairstow scored runs in India four years ago, r- regularly four or five years ago on the last tour, even though they lost 4-0. Um, Root scored runs as well. So um, you just you wonder whether do you, do you try and save your best players for for the third and fourth tests, or, or do you try and get off to a winning start? And and Ed Smith said that Bairstow was being rested because he's such an important white ball player. It just seems that uh, the primacy of of Test cricket might be being compromised here, and I. Uh, it's a very difficult decision for Ed Smith and everyone to make, and it's very difficult for Joe Root as well, as you said. We haven't spoken much about his hundredth Test match yet, but you know that he's he's only two wins away from becoming England's most successful Test captain, um, and and yet he he's he wouldn't want to say that his his team is being compromised uh, because he he would like to say I'm sure that he's got uh, 17 or 18 very qualified cricketers who are all capable of playing with great. Um, success for England, but as you said, um, he, it's it's I think by general consent not the strongest team in the first two tests. No, it's not. Well, well for the second test match especially um, because you're losing. You're not only are you using losing Wood, Besto and Curran. You're losing Butler at the at the same time. So for me, I just I just go back, man. As I go back to Owen Morgan got in England selectors got everything right for that 2019 World Cup. Everything right. The planning was meticulous. Preparation was perfect. And they got, Owen Morgan got everything. He got people rested, ready, you know, like a, like a racehorse, ready for that big race, for that big tournament. And they went and won that World Cup comfortably. I'm not saying if you do that, you're going to go and win in India and you're going to go and win everything, but you give yourself the best chance. I just look at this and think, Joe Root might not get his best team until he gets to Brisbane. And if that's the case, then all of a sudden, where's their confidence going to be? Where's their sort of cohesions as a team going to be? And if if I am right, when it comes to getting his, getting his team ready for that first test match in Brisbane, then all of a sudden, he doesn't stand a chance of winning the Ashes either. So I just think it's, I think it's, again, Ed Smith and the selection panel trying to be too smart for their own good and not looking at what the next game is. And when you say Johnny Besto is too important for the white ball team, we then, fair enough, tap Johnny Besto on the shoulder and say, move on from him. Tell him to retire from Test Match Cricket because you're more or less saying is we don't want you to play Test Match Cricket. Sometimes it uh, doesn't pay to look too far ahead in sport, does it? Absolutely. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with myself, Neil Manthorpe, and former England uh, fast bowler Steve Harmison. Still to come, we'll be speaking with England legend Darren Goff to get his take on the series. And remember, every ball of the tour is live and exclusive here on TalkSport 2, starting this Friday at 3.45am. has got it through square leg and away for four. It's a one-man wrecking crew at the moment, KL Rahul. Sweet oh. shot from Dom Simpson. Yes! He's got his broad. Bowled him off the bottom edge! Oh, shot. What a shot that is. 
Absolutely effortless from Oli Pope. Stokes in again. Stevie. Spoils it! It's been taken! Stokes has done it again! Just when England needed a hero, they found one! I could picture a bit of Darren Goff in there with his trilby, cigar in one hand, glass of champagne in the other, naughty pair of strides on. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 and our preview of England's upcoming tour of India with every ball of the four tests, five T20s and three ODIs live and exclusive with us starting this Friday. As we've already mentioned earlier in the show, Friday's first test will be a historic one for the England captain Joe Root. After making his test debut in India in 2012, he returns to the subcontinent and will earn his 100th cap in Chennai. One man who's seen Root grow both as a player and a person over the years is the England legend and very much top of our bill uh, with our coverage here on TalkSport 2, Darren Goff. Welcome, Goffy. It doesn't seem like, uh, or does it seem like, eight or nine years ago that Joe made his debut? Well, listen, a terrific uh, young player. I I think he always had a talent. Um, I was speaking to uh, one of my coaches who helped me a lot throughout my career, um, Steve Oldham. Um, Army knows him. And mm. He's a terrific uh, bowling coach. And, and I remember speaking to him about Joe. And he always, as he was younger, it was similar to Vaughan to, to a certain extent where you thought, yeah, he was probably going to go on and be a decent player. Um, to go on and play 100 tests just shows the dedication. But if you put the hard work in, you work your socks off. You can get to the very, very top of any game. And um, I think we've all been blown away uh, by some of the innings he's played for England. I mean, even now in Sri Lanka, I have backed to this kid non-stop. I mean, people talk about his captaincy. He's not very good and all that stuff. Certain people at TalkSport where we've worked, um, not on our cricket commentary, thankfully, uh, but outside of that. And I just couldn't believe it. Because when you were around that dressing room and you're around the different personalities and you see the way, the way he leads the team and the respect he has from the team, there's not even it's not even a question mark in my book. He's the natural leader for England. Absolute natural. He is, Goffey. And I, I, I remember, man, as, I, as, a, as an overweight, as an overweight washed-up has-been, you know, I've nearly in retirement got asked a favour by Dizzy Gillespie. Can you come and play four games for me at Yorkshire at the end of like the 2011 season? Um, and Ryan Sybottom got injured. And I went down to Hampshire on this sort of up and down corrugated wicket. And I was mesmerised by what I was seeing. I was told, you know, there's got a young kid, 18, 19-year-old, Joe Roop. He's, he's special. Martin Moxon kept telling me he's special. And I was looking at the wicket and thinking... You have to play well on here. He played in a different wicket to everybody else. I think we got 320. He got a double hundred, and I kept falling people during the innings. Normally, I'm, I'm like you, Goffy. I'll fall asleep when mm. we're batting, not interested in what, watching us bat. But I, I just found myself sitting there as a 33, 34 year old ex international cricketer watching this young kid have so much time. And I remember ringing Neil Fairbrother. I rang many other people saying. I can't believe what I'm watching. This kid is unbelievable. And I even spoke to Jeff Muller the week after when we played at Chesterfield. Said you, and they, in England had, they had Cook, the Strauss, they had Trot, they had Bell, they had Peterson. I said you might have to find a place for this kid. This kid <laughs> has got everything, and he, he is he's unbelievable. And when you say the, the stellar career that he he has got, but I think Goffey he's got. Not only has he got a bit of pressure on himself going into what is the winter, I actually think he needs to he needs to go to selectors and say, here, hold on, we're talking about the rest and you know and, and resting other people and and I need the best team I possibly can to give uh-huh. myself the best chance to go and win the Ashes. I've got three questions for for both of you, if I may. The first is I remember last winter uh, Michael Atherton saying that when he saw Root make his debut in India, he thought he's going to play a hundred Test matches. Uh, for England, um, and 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 others said that he hadn't thought that again until he saw Ollie Pope uh, make his debut last winter. So the first question is: Did you think that he would play a hundred Test matches when you saw him early doors? Second, remembering the the sort of cheeky chappy that that he was, did you ever think of him as captaincy material? And the third question is: Do you think he'll go past Sir Alistair as England's re- leading run scorer, given his age? <laughs> yes to the first one. I did think he'd play 100 test matches because I thought he was there and he belonged. I think the second one, if you become the to be captain, if you're the best player, the captaincy tends to fall at your door anywhere. So I expected him to be captain. And I think the the third one, I think it depends on his drive and determination and his hunger. I think he's got all that. So I think I think he stands every chance of getting 
having to play in the same amount of matches as, as Cook. It's just whether he can get the volume of runs in that time and how well England play in between as a team. That is, a, I think that's still an unknown. Well, for me, um, like I said, when you saw him at 13-14, I thought he'd be a good player. When he saw him play for England, I thought he'd be a great player. Um, and that's the difference. And there's so many like that, Triscoffic and Vaughan, exactly the same. County cricket didn't set it alight, although Joe were getting a lot more runs than they were getting in county cricket when he played. Um, so the first one, as soon as I saw him playing for England, yep, I thought he'd be an absolute well-beater. I wouldn't say I thought he'd play 100 tests because I, I, you, there's, a lot of you, there's a lot of players come in and you think, yeah, he's going to be a good England player. 100 tests is a, a, a huge achievement and it's normally only batsmen that get there. But we've had two great bowlers that have got there over the past few years. So the, the, the landscape's changed on that. Captain C... Um, again, um, having known him and being a cheeky chappy, um, I think if there would have probably been somebody else around who fit the bill, um, I think they might have got that opportunity. But it came for him, as Army said, he was the best player. He gets it, and I think he has built himself a good team. He has got himself a game plan, along with Chris Silverwood. I think that's been ideal for him, a much-needed appointment, because the problem was, when he took over as captain... He was taking over with a coach already with his feet under the table and he was setting his ways. And he didn't really have the power to do anything. Silvers came in. He already had his feet under the table. Silvers has took it on board and they have put together the way England want to play. And I think we've all seen that of late. It's old-fashioned cricket. Bat first, get runs on the board. You're a good chance of winning the game. Simple as that. And will he break Alistair Cook's record? Of course he will. <laughs> I have absolutely no doubt. The only thing that will stop it is a real bad injury. This kid, he is hungry to play. He wants to play 20-20. He wants to play 50 overs. And we've seen him being rested now. Whether it's rested from T20 and 50 over stuff, I don't know. But this kid wants to play every single game. He still looks 20. Goffey, Never mind just, his age. He Goff, looks 20. Goffey, he's, i tell you how far away he is from Alistair Cook's. He's 4,200 runs away. I've got lists in front of me. That's more more runs in his career than Johnny Bairstow's got. It's the same amount of runs as Paul Collingwood got, Mark Butcher got, Ben Stokes has got now. <laughs> That's how many runs he needs to get to get to Alistair Cook. He's hungry, mate. He's hungry. I know that he kid, is. If he plays another six years, five years, he's walked it. Yeah. He's walked it. It's not even a doubt. He's walked it. Especially if they keep leaving out white ball competitions. But, but we all know as cricketers, we all know when you turn that corner, unfortunately... Health, fitness. Yeah, hunger, drive and determination. Yes, um, self-doubt. Um, there's a lot of things can get in the way of you going on and achieving that. But a testament to cricketers these days, it's a big thing to walk away from. You've seen it with Broad and Anderson. Yeah. They have been pushed all the way. They've got central contracts. They don't want to lose these central contracts. It's a great way of living. It's a good life to have. Playing cricket, tests only. And that's what will happen to Joe Root eventually. It will become a test only. Uh, Captain C and, 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 and if he's got the hunger and desire he can play because he's fit I think there's no doubt whatsoever he's fit he works on his fitness uh, he's a lot fitter now than he was five years ago I'm throwing uh, multiple questions at you both here I'm, my my concern I mean England need him to score 500 runs in this series I, I would think and my concern is that uh, he doesn't come to the crease too often at 25 or 30 for two um, with the inexperience of uh, of the top three above him. But I also wanted to talk to you, especially, Goffey, about given how good uh, Broad and Anderson were in the two tests in Sri Lanka, England's policy of playing one or the other. Good luck. Um, <laughs> I, I, I talked about this last week. Um, he's, he's got a huge dilemma now, um, absolutely huge, because I thought it was actually not a bad thing to do, especially when you go to Sri Lanka or Pakistan or India with those two. They're obviously records in those countries are not as good as they are elsewhere. And I thought, yeah, playing one, I can see that we get a bit of, of a pace in the side. Broad did brilliantly the first test. He was outstanding. Then the rest of him played Anderson in the second, 640 uh, on a flatty. Um, yeah, Sri Lanka still got a huge score, but what would they have got? England would have been totally out of that game if they would have got, you know, if it weren't for Jimmy Anderson, they'd have got 450, 500. Um, to get 640 is now got a serious decision to make. Ah, but how does he get them both in? And two spinners, and Moeen Ali, and Ben Stokes. Can't. Um, he can't. So he's got a huge, huge decision to make. And Archer, I think, will have to play because they do need some kind of strike bowler. Unless, unless they use Stokes to be the battering ram. We've seen him do it in Sri Lanka, and he did it excellent. We did commentary out there. He was brilliant at what he did. 
But I think Stokes is better than that. Mm. Stokes is better than just saying to him, there's four overs, go and bowl four overs of bouncers. He's better than that, Stokes. Stokes is a wicket taker. Yeah, I, uh, man, as I look at I look at the whole Broad and Anderson situation, is they've got four test matches out there. I'll play them both in Ahmedabad, I think, first test match over there. So it's the third test match because that's a day-night test match. Mm. I think I'd probably try and get to a point where... If the ball start, if the, if we feel as though the ball's going to move around under lights, I'll get them in the team. That that'll be the only the only one. Um, I'd look the way if you go on what happened in goal, where because we've got to remember we're playing two test matches at one venue, two test matches at another venue. So while the te- while the first test match is going on, the pitch that the second test match is going to be on is going to be in the open for five days in the heat and in the sun and everything that goes with what happens in in the subcontinent. So it's going to be baking. So I'd imagine in the second test match you might need your third spinner. It wouldn't surprise me if Mo and Ali pops up and bats at number three in the mm-hmm. in the, I agree in with the, you totally in, on that in the second I, test match because I, what yeah. you've got is even on the flat earth surf the wicket that's going to turn we've seen in goal that the you know the, to try and keep the wicket together for the first couple of days they must put some moisture in which then brings the seamers into play when you look at what happened in goal. 10 wickets in the first innings for seamers, 10 wickets in the second innings for spinners. So if you get Moen in at number three for the second lot of test matches, then all of a sudden you've got three seamers and three spinners. So you give you give yourself the best option. <laughs> I just look at this whole Broad and Anderson. It's a, head, it's a toss of a coin for the first test match for me. I'd go on a gut feeling, and my gut feeling would be I'd pick Anderson for the first test match. I'd then then pick Broad for Anderson for the second test match. I'd pick them both in the, last te- in the third test match. And then when I get to the fourth test, match I work out where you are in the series and if they've both gone well then you know you might punt to play them both again but I'd be very surprised if you play them both in back-to-back or, test matches or if, we you lose go, Jimmy. or if we lose you 3-0 we let some of the other bowlers have a go <laughs> yeah <laughs> save, you... save them for the summer and the ashes <laughs> exactly because that's because well, Army mentioned a good point there and I did an interview with a, a, an Indian newspaper last week and uh, I talked about this and it's a very difficult one because I'm a big fan of uh, Zach Crawley you know he found it difficult in Sri Lanka, which people can do, you know. Um, he's still a young kid, learning on on the job. And Sibley as well, he talked about being in a dark place with his batting and not sure where his next run were going to come from, but he gutsed it out. He got runs in that second inning. So Burns is going to come in, right? I don't think there's any doubt about but that. But why should he, though, Darren? I, this annoys me. It really annoys me. When he's going to do it. It's the left-right army. He's going to come yeah. in, especially with the going to open with a spinner, probably. Um, they, they've got a few injuries themselves, uh, India. And they've got, well, I mean, hope we talk about them because they're bowling attack. They've got seven bowlers. I think three of them are unavailable because of injuries. But yeah. I agree with you. But I think Zach Crawley, who got a big double, not long ago, a few test matches ago, um, the only way to get Moeen Ali into the side, because unless they do leave Dombes out, is to put Ali at three. So I yeah. agree with you on that, but that means one of the three missing out. I think you've got to shoehorn him in. I completely agree with that. I absolutely think he's a wicket-taking spinner. Mm. Thanks, Goffey. Thanks uh, very much indeed for your time. We'll see you in a few days. You're listening to the Creek Collective on TalkSport 2 and our preview of England's upcoming tour of India. It all gets underway on Friday morning at 3.45am with the build-up and you can hear every ball of the four tests, the five T20s and the three ODIs exclusively live and ad-free here on TalkSport 2. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. 
If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies. In the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 and our preview of England's upcoming tour of India with every single ball live and exclusive here on TalkSport 2 starting with the first test in Chennai this Friday. After taking 22 wickets between them in Sri Lanka, this, store, this uh, coming tour will be another massive step up for England spinners Don Bess and Jack Leach. One man who's well qualified to speak about them was and still is a very fine off-spinner himself and also a man who was part of the last time England were in India back in 2016. That's our very own Surrey spinner Gareth Batty. Welcome, Bats. Um, I, it, it would be, I think, all, verging on... Cruel to compare Don Bess with um, Ravi Ashwin, who's got 377 test wickets. But people inevitably will, won't they? I've got so many questions about the spinners, not only about Jack Leach, but also we we were just talking with Goffey and we came to the conclusion that somehow England have got to shoehorn Moeen Ali into the side. Somehow, if that means batting in the top order. Your thoughts on the, on the spin conundrum? Because it may well decide the series. Yeah, hi. Um, look, it, it, it's a difficult one, and I mean this with the utmost respect to everybody in the squad. Moen Allen is our number one spinner uh, for me. Um, it was uh, reasons that uh, the world is is fractionally uh, crazy as it is at the minute as to why he didn't play in Sri Lanka. Um, for me, he plays um, as long as he is uh, healthy. Um, he has all the knowledge. He has all the experience. Um, and to boot, I think his his skill sets are better than everybody else on the trip. So for me, I'm picking my best team and Moen Ali gets in there. As I say, it's not been disrespectful to the other two. They had pretty good series uh, in, in Sri Lanka. I think both of them would would openly, as part of the Spinners Union, say that they have bowled better in their careers. But, and this is the big but, their numbers were magnificent in Sri Lanka. England got over the line and beat Sri Lanka convincingly. So for their confidence, it's a brilliant thing. Um, hopefully behind closed doors, they're working on a couple of little bits, which I know they will be, and I know they are. And then it's just a question of the balance of the team and how they marry up, uh, whether they try and shoehorn three spinners into the side, uh, because Moen obviously bats very well uh, and change the batting order, or whether they just stick with the, uh, the two spin options. Bats, what did you make of the... You, you mentioned uh, a little bit about Bess and, and, and Leach. What do you make of their, their their performance in in Sri Lanka? Because when you when you look at it, and you know more than anybody else, you know there's no warm up no warm up games. You go into a tour when you're thinking as a spinner, I, I need probably 60, 80, 100 match overs under my belt before I hit that first test match. They've managed to get 80 and 100 overs each going into the, what the the India series. And you say the numbers were were good, but just didn't it didn't look as though they had sort of any uh, any confidence with their bowling or any sort of yeah continuity from from yeah over to over. Never mind spell to spell. Yeah, I, I know from from speaking with Jeetan Patel, um, he was big on on the boys uh, trying to get more square square spin yeah um, into into their uh, armoury, um, which is something we don't do in England a huge amount. You want the ball to be cantered at 45 degrees, angling for the off spinner to sort of leg slip for the left arm spinner towards 
slips. So square spin is very, very different. The ball travels a bit further. It's flatter. You don't have the same shape uh, of loop and drop and, and what, have you, what have you through the air. So I, I know that was something that they would have uh, sort of squeezed in last minute. Uh, and it, it is purely for those type of pitches. Um, I, and I, I think the biggest thing uh, for the original sort of bit of the question, Harmit, is that all the best pros actually don't just look at outcome. Yes, outcome is brilliant, but they get their confidence. They get their huge rewards from having great process. So their practice is second to none. They work harder than everybody else, and that's why they're the best. And I just feel that the England spinners take great heart that their numbers were brilliant and the outcome, you know, the outcome is numbers. That's what we live and die by from time to time. But if they're judging themselves on their process, which I know will be a big part of it, I think they'll end up being in a very good place. Two of your uh, Surrey teammates have been um, in the news, Bats. Um, Harmy was just asking some legitimate questions about the assumption that Rory Burns will uh, come straight back into the team. Um, his, his numbers aren't particularly dazzling, are they? Averaging 32 after 21 test matches. And also um, Ben Folks, um, who looks set to keep presumably in the second, third and fourth test matches, although Bairstow comes back for the third and fourth. Your thoughts on those two? I'm presumably um, Folks is a, he's w- widely regarded as the best in, in, the, in the country, if not the world, standing up to the spinners. Yeah, I, I think he's keeping, um, like you say, I, I think everybody within the game acknowledges what a wonderful gloveman he is. Um, the unfortunate thing in the modern world is it's it's not just about the gloves anymore. Adam Gilchrist changed the face of cricket uh, with his sparkling career and now we expect our, our keepers um, to marry up with the bats. Um, I, I mean, we were all in Sri Lanka and, and witnessed Foxy on debut getting the 100 in goal and played brilliantly well. And then he's, he's basically been redundant since. Um, he's, he's got brilliant skill sets batting. He really is. He, he doesn't bat like somebody who's got another string to his bow. He's a proper batter. Um, so, look, he, he will want to take this opportunity. I think he'll, I think he'll be in a good place. He'll be fresh. Um, and he's been watching on the sidelines and been working very hard. Rory, on the flip side, took a massive decision from a career point of view to, to be at home. Uh, and miss the Sri Lanka series. So uh, you put yourself back in the mixing pot with everybody else selection-wise. Had he have gone to Sri Lanka, then I think he would have been issuing to start. But my take, and it always has been, and it's not going to be changed, the man in possession should be keeping the shirt for me um, more often than not. This is a different situation because Rory's obviously centrally contracted. Um, I don't actually know if Crawley is centrally contracted. If you are centrally contracted, for me, you should be playing. If mm. you know, if you're preparing properly, uh, you're centrally contracted for a reason. You are you're a number one pick. Um, it is a good conundrum for England. It's a good conundrum for the coach and captain to have those selection dilemmas. I wouldn't be tinkering too much with with what our format was. Obviously, Stokes plays. That's a that's a given. Obviously, Joffrey Archer plays. That's a given, but everybody else, um, you know, maybe a left-hander at the top might be a good thing. You mentioned uh, the shirt means something. You know, Rory Burns give that up. Does the shirt mean something now in the Test match team, in the England Test match team, when they're sending people home and the rest and you know, who rear Henry and and whatever for various you know different reasons? Does that Test shirt mean a great deal now? Because if Josh Butler goes and gets a hundred in the first Test match, like Johnny Bairstow in Sri Lanka, if he had done that then that, that test, he's not got the test shirt the next test match. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Steve. And I, I know exactly what angle you're coming from. And in, in a normal world, I would agree with you. But this isn't a normal world and it hasn't been for a year or so. And I think England are very, very aware of the obstacles faced with players and ourselves at times that you're in these isolated bubbles, hotels, where you, you're literally staring at four walls, you're away from family. The whole touring uh, saga is very difficult and different now to what it would be normally. Um, and I think it's it's almost a, a moral standing that England are trying to look after players as best they possibly can do. And they're trying, for me, it, it, they're trying to do it so that a couple of senior players rest out for this bit and then a couple miss for this bit. They're trying to keep as much seniority around as possible, but they're also looking and building forward with these guys that play all three formats. They're trying to 
understand this whole situation that we find ourselves in. And as much as anything, they're trying to keep people's mental state as well as physical state uh, in check, which um, I think is commendable um, to, to the ECB to realise that. And Chris Silverwood to sometimes not be putting out his best players and still churning out results. India will be a different challenge. Well, there's no uh, substitute for a fresh cricketer. And um, let's just remind ourselves that if his enthusiasm to get back stuck into test cricket is anything to go by, then uh, Rory Burns should do very well. Jump in to get back into work and, and getting back into business, 100%. Um, I can't can't wait to get going. I've got a bat literally out and shadow batting in a mirror behind me. Um, not gone full Steve Smith and whited up yet, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, just uh, having the bat in hands and training those sort of things. Yeah, I'm hungry to get going. You're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 and our preview of England's upcoming tour of India, which starts this Friday with every ball live and exclusive on TalkSport 2. Still to come in the final quarter, we'll profile the threat that India possess with the former Indian opening batsman Akash Chopra. Root plays it well this time. Pushed off. The back foot, a typical Joe Root shot. Now the leg side again. Risha Pant. Will this be another one-handed oh. six? Yes, it is. swatted away. Hello, unpleasant fly doing an impression of the ball. I'll just whip you away over my head. I'll make up the shot. That's how good I am. Stokes in again. Small is an edge. It's been taken. Stokes has done it again. Just when England needed a hero, they found one. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 and our preview of England's upcoming tour of India with every single ball live and exclusive here on TalkSport 2, starting with the first test in Chennai this Friday. It's time now to get the Indian perspective as the former Indian opening batsman Akash Chopra joins us. Welcome, Akash. Are you well? Uh, Absolutely fine. Thank you so much. And uh, looking forward to a series uh, as good as uh, this one and uh, being on TalkSport as well. I've got so many questions to to ask you, but the, the the burning one, and it's more of an observation really, and I want to get your thoughts on uh, Chiteshwar Pujara because I I'm assume I'm I'm guessing he's probably a man after your own heart. I, I mean, I remember watching you and uh, your your determination at the top of the order, batting time, wearing bowlers down. I bet I bet you love Pujara, don't you? I love him to bits. Absolutely right. Uh, Pujara is one of its kind. Uh, he's the only player who can actually bat the way he does. Uh, and now I'm not just talking about the Indian cricket team. I'm talking about just world cricket at this point in time. Uh, he's someone uh, who just defines patience and uh, resilience. Intensity of a different kind. And intent of a different kind as well. And uh, you would see him every single time uh, putting in his 100% and uh, grinding down the opposition. Uh, whether he's playing in Australia, England uh, and definitely at home. Uh, at home, I can promise you, even before the series starts, uh, that uh, English bowlers are in for a lot of bowling, and uh, Pujara will be facing a lot of those balls as well. He's like a ball. He's like a wall. Uh, what you throw at him, it doesn't go through; it just falls there at his feet. <laughs> and uh, he's got this unique way of playing, but then it's very, very effective, and he's got loads, oodles of patience. Uh, so very difficult to dislodge. You need to bowl that Pat Cummins kind of delivery that we saw uh, on the previous tour, but. Uh, those deliveries on these services, well, uh, even if your name is Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad, or Jofra Archer, uh, on these surfaces, it's not going to be easy. Where do you see the series being decided, Akash? Um, I mean, um, we, uh, we we are making no secret of the fact that we believe India are very strong favourites. <laughs> but, um, you know, there, there used to be questions about the depth when India finally got this world-beating team, there were questions about the depth. And now they use 20 players in Australia, the most in a, in a, that a team has ever used to win a series. Are there any question marks? Um, do, you, do you think, are there any areas of the Indian team that England might look to, to try and exploit? Uh, see, there aren't too many. Uh, I'll be very honest. And uh, yes, in Australia, it was a team of walking wounded. Uh, we didn't even know whether we'll have a, a full, fully fit playing eleven. Uh, to take on Australia uh, in the final test match at GABA. Uh, but I think the decisive factor in this uh, series, the defining uh, contest, will be English spinners bowling to Indian batsmen. 
I think uh, fast bowlers will uh, uh, cancel each other out. Batting also, I've uh, seen a lot of English batting in Sri Lanka. Uh, albeit uh, the quality of bowling attack uh, that Sri Lanka had uh, was, was uh, a bit inferior uh, as compared to what they will counter in India. But then uh, you've got Joe Root who's in red-hot form. I really like the look of Dan Lawrence. Uh, there is Johnny Bairstow. Of course, he's not available for the first test match. Uh, so, uh, that's uh, uh, you still will bat all right is uh, what I feel because these pitches are not going to be ranked turners. Gone are the days when uh, India used to prepare absolute dust bowls where uh, you just could not bat. Uh, these will be fair surfaces. Uh, so, batting also, in a sense, if England bats very well, uh, will cancel each other out to a certain degree. I think uh, how the English spinners are going to bowl to the Indian batsmen, Tom Bess and Jack Leach. Uh, will they be able to play the role that, uh, I'm not even going down that Graham Swan and Monty Panesar road uh, in 2012. I'm just talking about control, some amount of discipline, where you don't allow the opposition to run away with the game. Because the moment that starts to happen, then uh, Joe Root's hands will be tied. I think that will be the contest. That will define the series and perhaps decide the series in the end. And Akash, you talk about Pajara there, Manners. I think I think you say a man after your own heart, batting on them wickets. I think as a former fast bowler, he'd break my heart thinking of bowling <laughs> it. At Pajara, every single day of the Test Series, I think he would break me eventually. But somebody who is would break me as well if, if he could get in, and that's Virat Kohli. You know, he comes back into the side after you know, a parental leave, but... Akash, how well did Rahani do in, 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 in Australia? He was fantastic. And will there be any sort of change in Kohli's demeanour when he comes back and leads the side? Or will he just go back in and be the Virat Kohli that we all know and love? I think uh, there, there will be some amount of uh, uh, conversation in his own head. Uh, his outside demeanour, you will not uh, really... The facade is not going to give you anything. Uh, he'll be the same Virat Kohli, same aggressive, uh, in your face, uh, up for a fight. Uh, but deep down, he would also know that, uh, you know, people have started looking at me differently. People are now questioning my, perhaps, uh, uh, my leadership skills. And therefore, uh, what we have seen so far from Kohli, the batsman, uh, he's been at the forefront of every rescue mission for Virat Kohli, the captain. Uh, so that's what I expect from Virat Kohli, the batsman, more than uh, uh, what Virat Kohli, the captain, is likely to do. And having said that, when you're leading this team in India, leading is not that difficult. You need to just go to your key bowlers, uh, just make uh, very few errors, as few as possible, and uh, and you'll be all right because you've got the personnel. Uh, so it's the Virat Kohli, the batsman. I'm very eager to watch a guy who hasn't played uh, a lot of cricket recently, didn't score a single international century in 2020, uh, one after about 12 odd years uh, in his international career. Uh, 2021, uh, will he be like uh, keen and how uh, to just set that right? So this series uh, from Virat Kohli's bat perspective. I think it's going to be crucial. And who keeps wicket for India? Is it uh, the specialist glove man, Saha? Or, or or if Rishabh Pant doesn't keep, is there, given his heroics in Australia, is there room to play him as a batsman? See, it would be a travesty if he doesn't keep. Uh, Rishabh Pant is the present and also the future of uh, uh, Indian cricket. Uh, and I'm not just talking about test cricket. He's that kind of a player who should actually be drafted uh, into all three sides as soon as possible. Uh, I see him playing. But I don't see him playing purely as a batsman because uh, what exactly has happened in the last 12 to 18 months is that uh, uh, he was uh, the most favourite child of Indian cricket and then he was made into a veritable, veritable pariah uh, who nobody wanted to touch. So from uh, someone who was the, who was the guy who uh, was flown into England for the World Cup as a replacement player, uh, a talisman character, X-factor and all of that and uh, couldn't find a place in any of the three uh, formats uh, is what he has seen. But now that uh, the way he's batted in the last two test matches, and, and also he's not that bad a keeper. It's not that uh, uh, he's a goalkeeper standing uh, behind the stumps. He's all right. Of course, work in progress. Uh, but then that progress will happen only when he gets to work something. Uh, uh, so that is where I feel uh, uh, place uh, Rishabh Pant as a keeper. And uh, unfortunately, no room for Ridiman Saha at that, this point in time. I'd be very tempted to play five bowlers. Uh, it is almost impossible to not draw Washington Sundar with the, after what he's done in the first Test match. That was his debut. Scored runs, picked up wickets. The game was at, uh, at, at Brisbane. Uh, Tamil Nadu is where he comes from. Chennai is the first uh, venue for the first couple of Test matches. Uh, it, it actually augurs well for him to now play and play five bowlers. Akash, you mentioned that Chennai, the first, first Test match. What sort of services are we going to have over the course of the series? Because India have picked uh, Hartik Pandya 
and so either going with a sort of bowl, a seam bowling all rounder, are they expecting a little bit more pierce in the wickets? You know, relatively so from an Indian point of view. And does that bring England's sort of strength into play? I think uh, it won't be too far fetched to believe that uh, pitches are going to be a lot fairer uh, in terms of pace, bounce, at least for the first Test match at that very venue. Uh, so when you talk about Chennai, uh, traditionally the pitch at Chapok turns. Uh, every pitch in India turns. Uh, Chennai turns a little more. Uh, but for the first test match, you would expect a bit more grass, uh, the surface to be a little harder, uh, so that by the time the second test match comes, uh, you're not playing on a dust bowl. Because I think India has learned a very important lesson when uh, uh, Australia came to India last time around. India prepared a dust bowl at Pune, uh, lost the test match in two and a half days. And that is when they realized that uh, let's not make an, let's not even the playing field uh, by by producing an absolute uh, uh, turner or or a dust bowl. Uh, let's let's go with a fair pitch. And if you are a better side, you should win. So I'm expecting decent surfaces. Of course, spin will uh, play a key role, uh, but don't rule out uh, the faster bowlers. Last word on Hardik Pandya. I don't think he's been picked as a as a guy who will give you 15, 20 overs a day because uh, he hasn't bowled. Bowled didn't bowl a single over in the IPL. Bowled about uh, four or eight overs uh, on that tour to Australia in the limited over uh, series. Uh, he wasn't picked for the test matches for that very reason that he's not bowling. So now that he's picked, I don't think he's picked for uh, bowling 15-20 overs and play as a batsman who can actually give you seam bowling option. Uh, he's picked up, uh, or rather he's been picked in the side as a pure batsman. Akash, thanks so much for your time. We look forward to your company throughout what hope we all hope will be a brilliant series. Thank you. Thank you so much. It is a pleasure. I'm looking forward to the series as well. Thanks, Akash. Uh, just before we finish off then, Harmi, what, what, is, what is your um, predicted scoreline? Uh, I think it pains me to say it, but I, I, I just don't see England, with the way they're looking and mentally going into the series, resting and, and rotating. I, I can't see a positive outcome in this series. And I, I look at it and I don't think there'll be a draw in the series either. It's not going to rain, I don't think, in India. So <laughs> I, I, it pains me to say I think England could lose 4-0. Thanks, Harmi. For the record, I'm going 3-1. I think England will somehow find a way to sneak one. Maybe the pink ball test. You've been listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. If you missed any of the show or wish to catch up, you can download the podcast from the following on feed, available on Apple Podcasts, Acast and Spotify. Remember, you can hear every ball of England's four tests, five T20s and three ODIs against India, live and exclusive here on TalkSport 2. It all gets underway this Friday at 3.45am. Thanks for listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final... You can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 